This is Dan Rockwell, and I'm the Leadership Freak. You're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Well done, sir. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, you're back. Thanks so much. Welcome to episode 12 of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Alexandra, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Bob? I, well, I guess I need to be great at least too. As at the, least, <laughs> yeah. Snowpocalypse continues. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys getting hit? We're just getting 14 degree days. Yeah, it's a little warmer, but they're calling for more here. So, people around the world are going, "Shut up about that." Oh yeah. I uh, was I was listening to um, NPR this morning, and someone used the term unseasonably cold and it stuck with me all day that's an adult word right there unseasonably oh yeah yeah. it was really it it made me giggle in my in my cab this morning for sure (laughs) that's how they uh that's how they talk about winter on downton abbey yeah exactly (laughs) unseasonably cold (laughs) i can't quite crank up that accent you're better than (laughs) (laughs) so uh so what's up Oh, you know, just slowly moving into springtime. So everything's getting busier, which is great. You know, this is when everybody really starts getting to work. I had some cool experiences um, the past week, you know, dealing with uh, communication and, uh, you know, different levels of management and that kind of thing. So, you know, I was I was putting my my um, my experience being your mentee to work. I oh, channeled mentee. you. I'm, I'm just not worthy of the flattery. Oh, but listen, you know, you bring up, you bring up the secret word. I'm not going to go into the whole Groucho Marx thing again, but you know, <laughs> the secret word communication, you know, you can read any one of dozens and hundreds and thousands of leadership books. And they talk about the importance of communication. And when we do our resumes and whatever, we go superior communication skills. And I want to go, Oh yeah, really? Uh, but it, it's time we started talking about that. Absolutely. And I always, I always try to push a little bit of communication into each, uh, each session. And I'm sure our listeners, um, have realized that, that that's kind of what makes me tick. And we meet kind of halfway with, uh, your, your background in business and my very, very small little meek background in communications. No, no, no. Be proud of that. No, no, no. Not meek at all. Don't be meek. (laughs) Don't be meek. I don't need anybody meek at the other end of the line here. Well, I think our listeners probably know I'm not meek at this point. <laughs> and they're loving your fort. They're I'm loving the your fort. I'm the one yelling through their computers and their iPhones at them every week, which is, well, every other week. But um, so today we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of dive deeper into that realm, right? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, you know, we've been going back and forth talking about um, different levels of management, which kind of comes back to different um, levels of experience, I suppose, uh, and, and how you communicate with these people in these different, um, levels of experience and as well as different channels, um, kind of, of your, of your company or your organization. So, you know, we've, you found me a really cool article, um, which, you know, we, we have all these different outlets for where we're finding, um, kind of our, our 
material. Um, and so every time it's kind of either coming from my communications, um, professional or a, a kind of a business speaker or something like that. Um, so today we have an article from Dave Yaren, Yaren, you know, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. Um, and so it kind of just talks about the difference, um, in attention spans, um, when you're communicating in the workplace, um, you know, today. So, you know, we know that in the days of, of Mad Men, you know, business meetings were in boardrooms and everyone was present and, you know, they could go on for an entire day. Whereas here you have conference calls, you have, you know, where we talked about, all right, we'll walk with me and we'll talk. Um, you know, you have people connecting over Skype and that kind of thing. So all these different kind of um, time spans are, you know, coming into play here and all these different kind of realms of experience. So you have maybe people that have been in, in their industry for 40 years where they really want a face to face. And then you have people like me where I can, I can do work via email and I can telecommute and it works well for me, especially with all the freelancing that I get to do. Yeah. So, I, I think that's really important. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, no, please jump in. Uh, there's this whole concept that I, you know, it just pops up when we're working the, the idea of communication and it's about channel richness. And when you talk about richness, that, that deals with kind of the, the depth and the quality and the context of the communication, because, you know, here's what's going on. Whoever's talking first or talking next, you know, comes up with some meaning in their head that they want to convey. I mean, it's just a meeting. It's just a thought. It's not words yet. It does become words when they try to encode it and choose the right words and the right tone and all those parts of the communication. Then they send it. And as they send it through different channels, different things can happen to the message when it finally gets to the listener who has to deal with their own receptors, whether it's their ears or their technology, and then they have to decode that message. So in theory, that's what happens millions of times a day throughout the throughout the business world, throughout the personal world as well, when we, when we send and deliver messages. But the whole thing of channel richness is, point that you were on choosing the right channel for the message and how that seems to have changed perhaps as as more and more generations have come into the market right now because right now this is i think this is one of the first times we have had four different generations collaborating working together collegially in, in the labor market you know starting with the boomers being the oldest and all the way up to the millennials Right. So, you know, the, the, the driest message, the least rich channel is a, a data report, you mm -hmm. know, just a, a sheet of numbers where you get it and it, there's no interpretation for you. You have to look at the data and then figure it out. It gets a little richer when somebody writes out an analysis of that. And then you could go to a website, and that's virtually the same thing, but it's a little richer because there's more information built around it. And it's not that we climb halfway up to this ladder do we get to email mm -hmm. because email is, is more designed and directed to a specific audience than voicemail, than an actual, holy cow, a telephone conversation, than video conferencing, and then that lost art of having a real face-to-face -face conversation. So the higher we go up that ladder, 
the richer the channel is right. and and the more you could put into the message. I mean, you know, you would never you would never dismiss anyone, you know, with a text. That's for sure. You'd want to have a, a more personal conversation. And think about your personal lives too. You know, I'll wait to cover this when I get home or something like that. Right. So channel riches is a big key. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's all about how your audience is going to perceive what you're saying and how receptive they're going to be of it. So this article that that, you know, we found, it discusses three different TV shows from three different eras. I Love Lucy, which is obviously classic. I mean, can you see it now? Can you hear the horns now? I always loved it growing up and that kind of very raw in your face situational comedy always really spoke to me. Cheers is kind of the same way. I feel like Cheers is what, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. So 52 is, is I love Lucy. And then Cheers is, is, you know, mid to late eighties. Um, and that's a really in your face situa situational comedy in, in my, you know, humble opinion where everybody then, knows your name. Absolutely. Where everyone yeah. knows your name and, you know, working in a bar and, and stuff like that. I've had so many cheers moments and you really, you really connect to that, but you know, that's besides the point. And then we have modern family, which is a show that I'm probably the least aware of. I mean, I understand that people love it. I've seen a couple episodes, um, but I don't follow it as well. And it's because it kind of just goes in and out. These, they're, they're these really short scenes. And so I don't get situational comedy from that. I get sort of these little bursts of understanding what the plot is. So basically this article goes down and it, it kind of just takes the three and compares um, the time, the average length of time per scene. So I Love Lucy was at four, hanging out around four minutes for a scene um, for the average. Cheers uh, was three minutes, uh, three and a half minutes rather. And Modern Family, the average average length per scene is 38 seconds. 38 seconds? Right. So from, you know, the 50s, which is kind of the heyday of that very, you know, leisurely form of, of comedy. You know, people were sitting down at their televisions for that one hour a day or that 30 minutes a day that they took in their entertainment. They sat around their television with their family, but it, you know, this article isn't about that. And that's not what this, this podcast is about. It's not about watching television. It's more about the way the media had to be designed to appeal to the, the era of people that it, they were communicating with. Yeah. So in each of those shows now, I love Lucy would have maybe like, if I could do the math, right. Maybe five scenes throughout the whole show. And if right. you're familiar with that show, you know, a scene comes up and there's a music fading out and there's audience laughter. And then the scene begins and it goes on, you know, till the next commercial actually, where right. there's a big, you know, applause and then music out. And it's almost like a mini act of just the one episode on TV. And cheers is kind of the same way, but that's noticeably short, shorter. Mm -hmm. And then the modern family thing with 33 scenes in a show, that's like slapstick. 
Right. It's like gig, 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 gig. That, and you know, you're if you're a fan, you're lying on the floor laughing hard for half an hour. Mm-hmm. But then you have a four second scene where if you blink, you'll miss it. Right. Yeah. Sort of. That's kind of my main my main point here is that if if you're doing these short bursts of communication and you know my generation I have my phone in my hand almost every hour for at least 20 minutes 20 minutes out of the hour and that I mean I did go to communication school so people understand that I'm very um connected to my phone you know I'll be getting text messages from you about um you know about the material that we're we're going to do instead of us, you know, sitting down and writing a plan because we work best that way. You know, we can do these little short bursts and we kind of not, you know, we don't pull it out right there, but you know, we're able to do that. Yeah, sure. I mean, if we were, if we were back in the day and we were working on cheers, if we were on the writing staff at cheers, we'd be in the, in the hallowed writer's room. We'd be living in that room. We'd be at a huge table for eight hours arguing over what was funny and what was pertinent. But, you know, luckily we don't have to do that because eight hours is way too much out of either of our days. (laughs) Right, right. You know, it's it's really, it kind of comes down to you have your 50s madmen, you have your mid-80s. I don't even, I mean, what would you say about the mid-80s? I wasn't alive. Uh, Gee, the 80s. It was it was closer to the fifties than it is to two thousand fifteen. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's 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 good enough for me, I suppose. So you yeah. Know. Listen, to this here's something here's something this article mentioned that really tells the tale. The uh, who did they quote here in the research from the? Oh, listen to this place: the National Center for Biotechnology Information. That one. Gave, that one made me giggle. Oh my gosh. The amount of concentrated time on a task without becoming distracted is only eight seconds. We can't concentrate on anything for more longer than eight seconds. We are basically puppies or goldfish. Yeah. The goldfish is nine seconds. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. We need to start a cause to lengthen that out a little bit. Concentration. <laughs> wow. Okay. So if we're in this environment now where TV reflects that, you know, we have 33 scenes in an episode of Modern Family, and our attention span is that of a gnat now. Uh, what do we do about that? I think it's really important. Um, you know, in communications, we talk about this uh, upside down pyramid or the inverted pyramid. So, what you do um, first is you give them the meat, you give them the meat and the potatoes of what you need to say, and you kind of start with that. That's where you you basically lay down the law right there. That way, they're caught in, they understand what you're speaking about, and then you can kind of lead down into details and into the minute, you know, small little intricacies that are going to kind of make your point. Um, and and I think that that is, I mean, I probably, had I been you know, alive in, in 1952 in the, in the Lucy era, I probably would have still preferred that because myself, I'm incredibly ADD. And that is, you know, that's a that's a generational thing. I, I really think that that has a lot to do with probably how often I have my phone in my hand, to be completely honest. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you really want to um, kind of drive in. You need to get things short and to the point, especially in 2015, where everybody has 18 million things going on. You have communication coming at you 
verbally, you have it coming through um, email, you have it coming through your text messages, you have it coming through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, and, and we're all doing those things. Um, and some of us are doing them more than others. But to kind of drive home your point, you have to keep it very, very in the, you know, you have to make sure that you hit your key points and then kind of lead down. It's sort of like if you're giving a presentation. And so that's kind of what I always think about when I have to, um, you know, come to someone with an idea. I need to get the idea out there so that I don't fog the com- what I'm trying to communicate. I don't want to fog the, mes- the message with, all of these little details leading up to what I want. Yeah, okay. So the madman error, if you were going to deliver information when it was still actually writing a memo, whether you dictated it or not, you know, it tended to be f- shaped like an introductory paragraph that really wasn't exec- not an executive summary, but just an introductory paragraph of what you were going to say. And then this longer lyrical prose even that supported your argument, delivered the news, gave the analysis. And then the closing was a summary of this is what I've told you. And that was accepted. That was well-structured. But now since our attention spans have shrunk, the recommendation is short paragraphs. Not right. not necessarily bullets, not necessarily bullets, but if you're writing something, email short paragraphs. Absolutely. I mean, even the modern day press release, it's probably a third of the size that it was 20 years ago or 25 years ago. I mean, you have to get to your point within the first sentence or two, or you completely lose it. You know, you're using headlines now, you're using attention twos, and it's because, you know, there's so much communication flying at everyone. Think if you're if you're working in a newsroom and you have to find the top stories, you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories coming in probably every couple hours. So you have to grab the attention with your first you have to lead with your point these days. Yeah, and the whole status of the newsroom, the print newsroom, is is so different than it was in the you know, twenty years ago. As you know, papers have died off and you know, resources have lessened. I mean Less people are trying to do more with technology, but translating it to print is very difficult. Absolutely. So so let's frame this up, what we've come up with here. We're talking about leaders of any age in any environment, in a business environment, in a social environment, in a nonprofit environment, having to deal with, having the pleasure working with, a burgeoning audience population of millennials. And we say millennials, folks, it's folks, people born from between 81 and 97. And they're going to be 76 million of them this year. Oof. Oh, hey, hey, here's the news. There are more millennials than boomers. Wow, we won. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we We were all born between 46 and 64. So, you know, our time is gone. It's your planet. Yeah, have a good time. <laughs> I've been saying that all along. <laughs> it's your planet. We just live here. No, no. We're well, that's the thing though, is that especially in in the business world, we're constantly, you know, my generation is learning from your generation. And we're taking the bits and pieces that still work in 2015 and making them kind of our own. 
So, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily too big of a jump from Lucy to uh, Modern Family, but absolutely, I think you know we're we're up against a different audience now. Yeah. So even look at the size of the message in terms of social media. I remember when email hit the scene. I went, "This is great. We don't have to generate paper." <laughs> but as the as the story goes on, you know, the message got shorter. The message is now Instagram. The message is Twitter. You know, Facebook is longer, but you know, the message is getting shorter. And and uh and Dave Yaron in his article, he even says, even if you're using video conferencing, which is great, a very channel rich medium, mm-hmm. you know, he still says you still be short and to the point. And in an earlier episode, we also talked about how great it is to have stand-up meetings which are not meetings where everybody goes to the conference room and, you know, blocks off an hour off their calendar to, to waste some of the time, but, you know, discuss whatever the issue is. You just go into a central area and stand up for 10 minutes to discuss the issues. The water, the watering hole, right? Yeah. Or yeah. The kitchen or the, you know, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> just stand up 10 minutes, be there at 11 o'clock every day. And he has a great, at the end of his article, he he kind of wraps this up. He has a great suggestion that came from his teenage daughter where he says that she suggested clearly articulating cause and effect relationships to make your point. So when you have shorter paragraphs or shorter thoughts or bullet points and you start talking like you're reading from a PowerPoint deck, with bullets, these points can be useful to say, to, to kind of frame it up by saying, if we are successful in doing this, this will happen. If we are not successful, these are the consequences. And then that, that takes the place of the lyrical prose summary that, you know, we was so commonplace 50 years ago. Right. These are interesting times, <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it's kind of crazy to me because, you know, obviously we've already spoken about how the millennials beat out the boomers, um, num- in number wise, but, you know, as time moves on, these millennials are moving into leadership roles and these millennials are kind of changing the game. They're taking the things that they've learned from their mentors, boomers, um, and, you know, now applying them to their everyday, uh, you know, strategies and tactics for the way that they're running their organizations or the way they're running their team. And so it's really cool to just kind of see how these multi-generational, um, you know, task forces are kind of operating together in 2015. Yeah, we're not, you know, I've just decided we're not going to get this all done today. Yeah. We're not going to get this all done today. We're going to have to have communication part two. And I love even part three. You know that that is like those were the the words that my dreams were made of. We're gonna have to talk about communications more. <laughs> That's it. Every night, every night. Oh my gosh, this is excellent. We'll have a mini series. Ooh! <laughs> now you're talking my language. <laughs> okay, so we'll uh, let's continue this next time. All right, no All right. problem. You you got congratulations. You got us off to a great start here. This is excellent. Thanks, this Bob. is excellent. I hope we stirred it up for everybody. Whether you're a boomer, whether you're a millennial, or you're an X or Y in between, 
There's a lot to consider when you craft your message. I'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Folks, thanks for joining us today. I'll check, I'll link up Dave Yaren's article in the show notes. Uh, he wrote this article called What I Love Lucy Cheers and Modern Family Will Tell Us About Communicating with Younger Employees. He wrote it for the Smart Blog on Leadership. Dave, thanks a lot for this. A lot of grist for the mill. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. We'll see you next time.